0: This week's about of COVID short of a six-pack <laughs> edition of Spin Cycle because uh, that's where I've been um, for the – well, no, I'm I'm back. I just was there last week.
1: Mm. Yeah, it only, you only missed a show, but it was it was so chaotic without you, <laughs> just me flailing about. No, it was great. That I'm, it probably felt like it was a lot longer.
0: <laughs> I listened from my from my sick bed that you know no one cared about because everyone's already had COVID already. <laughs> um, we are broadcasting this evening from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, as we do every week. Sovereignty has never been ceded; it is, always was, and always will be Aboriginal land. I am Jess Lilly, here with Crikey reporter Charlie Lewis. On tonight's show, we'll be checking in on the impeccably high standard of election coverage (laughs) we've been privy to for this weekend's um, fascinating Victorian state election, dripping with sarcasm there. Uh, We'll also be chatting about editors behaving badly and we'll have a little look at um, the escalation of <coughs> retaliation against journalists and media figures in this country. In about 15 minutes, we're going to be chattering, ch- chattering chatting with Katerina Kostikos and Jonathan Hawes from Monash University's Mojo News uh, about their election coverage on Channel 31 on Saturday night. Uh, giving Anthony Green a run for his money. And I hope they've got a big show in store because, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be led by the talent in either political party, is it?
1: <sighs> Potentially not. No. I'm, it's yeah. not going to be
0: led by the promise of exceptionalism. <clears throat> Let's be honest. But first, uh, Charlie, there's some um, news hot off the press.
1: Yeah, no, interestingly enough, we were still talking about – we were probably going to cover this uh, tonight regardless um, because it's a fairly big media story that's kind of been growing over the last couple of weeks. But um, the uh, columnist for The Courier-Mail, Peter Gleeson, has actually just in the last hour, it's been announced that he he is leaving his role. Um, for for those of you guys who haven't been following, essentially Gleason has been subject to a series of just like, there's one of those things, those real like cold sweat things that every journalist just fears the worst um, is what's been happening to Gleason where it's been revealed that at least three times uh, quite substantial chunks of, of columns that he's put out under his name have been around about 50% unattributed writing that have appeared in other places Plagiarism, beforehand. Plagiarism,
0: for want of a better Plagiarism. word. Plagiarism. Oh, yeah,
1: no, there, there no, there is no other phrase for it, actually. It, it, it. It really is, for want of a better word, there is no better word. Um,
0: but when you say it's um, the cold sweat, uh, like, you know, it, I appreciate that there is, on an odd occasion, the possibility that you might accidentally s- phrase something similarly to someone else. But this
1: hmm. is... Oh, this is different. Oh, yeah, plat- for sure. Flat oh, out. oh I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I think, he, I think I should make it clear that I have he never... Knew what he was doing. I have I've never been um, I've never been worried that that 45 percent of an article will be <laughs> identical to the wording of a different journalist's yeah. uh, work. That yeah. That is that, that. Yes, you're right. The, 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 yeah. I mean, I think like one of the initial kind of responses from from Gleason and from News Corp was this was a mistake that was made under under the time pressure, which is like something that you could be. Maybe generous towards if it were a, someone who files every day. Mm. But if you are a, if you if you're a columnist and you in your job is to to analyze and to take take on quite a you know a broad remit of information and produce something original and something of value to your readers, I, I, you also have quite a lot of time to work on those generally. Yeah. Yeah. And so there, there it, it really is that thing of like there's no excuse for it happening once. Once his carelessness,
0: <laughs> yeah. two or
1: three times seems like uh, yeah.
0: And it, it seems like now, um, after the initial discovery of um, oh, yeah, the first instance, um, people are now going back and having a look at yeah, yeah, we... previous articles and and finding this is a, a trend. Yeah, in his yeah. work.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, you have been on the campaign trail this week.
1: I have, I have, the... I, I, I bet, well, for the last last. Two or three weeks now um, mm. I, I think actually one of the things that I always take away from this and I always sort of forget it a month after um, after an election campaign finishes is that the the one completely unqualified un you know unremitting uh, level of praise that I will heap on any candidate from any party <laughs> is just the sheer Energy that it takes to to do that. I just dipping in and out of it for several weeks has left me a, a shell of a man. I don't think remember the last time I was this tired. Well, actually, I do. The last time I was this tired was May twenty twenty two, and it was the federal election. Um, the, the just the ability to continue to grind through to do a. a to, to do several events in a day, to meet with people all day, to do a candidates forum in the night, to do a debate, mm. to then be, like, hanging around ready for questions from constituents. Often, to, often in like, I mean, I've been, you know, candidates forums where there's 40 people there and they will stay and, mm. and make sure that every single person who wants to talk to them will, can talk to them. Mm. Um, that, regardless of what you think of the individual, is actually both – Both very admirable and kind of scary to watch close up.
0: I think that I've seen more of my uh, local Labor candidate in Footscray just being at various events in my (laughs) neighbourhood than I have of any of my friends or family (laughs) in the last couple of months. And I just think, this is where I just think, Oh, there's just are they sociopaths? I don't know. Well, I mean, and, and th- 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 if you think about
1: it, so you know, again, this is so goddamn triple R that we we have to every time admit that you and I are always in the same electorate for everything. But but but, but we're uh,
0: representing are, the West. We're representing in the, the West, which north, is, uh, you, which know, is yeah, yeah, you know you <laughs> know <laughs> we're staking a claim for we the are, Western we are, suburbs yeah. over here.
1: Um, but that's just and that's a safe seat. That is a safe Labor seat. There's mm. there's not really any yeah, uh, suggestions. She's, she's
0: been working it, man.
1: Yeah, and and so you think Even about how I hard.
0: Early voting yesterday. Mm, mm. She popped up at the booth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that. I mean, that would have been. To be fair, most candidates are. At the pre-poll centre, mm. most of the time, like that—that that actually is one of the harder things about covering an election in the last week is that no one's doing events anymore. They are just at pre-poll, being like, "Hello, I am your candidate. Please vote for me." Um, there
0: is—is uh, is, I mean, that's a shift, isn't it? The unusually mm. high numbers of people early voting. Yeah, 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 and that—that's a trend continuing as a trend. Yeah, yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's a trend that was sort
1: of in 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 train prior to COVID, and then COVID just uh, kind of turned it up a few notches because obviously people are much more likely now to think I'll go there when it's not as crowded as it used to be.
0: Well, uh, also, there's no actual um, – if you do get COVID before Saturday, there's no provision now for you to vote. Mm,
1: Otherwise, mm,
0: it's mm. – it's. Uh, Part of that whole pretense that it's over. Yeah. And let me tell you, after I went through <laughs> four illnesses yes, in one no day. No one cares. <laughs> I know, this is what <laughs> shits me. Like, I finally fucking got it, and no one gives a shit. It was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but um, let's b- very quickly, before um, we introduce the gang from Mojo Media uh, f- um, and talk about their election coverage this Saturday. Let's uh, look at the media coverage very briefly of yeah, the election yeah. campaign. It's been hilarious <laughs> and uninspired and chaotic in equal measure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that was the, the, the thing that – and I talked about, about this a, a little bit last week, and I'm, uh, so I'm repeating myself a little bit, but but it only it's only kind of come to ring more true in the last week – the things that get onto the front page of the newspaper, particularly the Herald Sun, uh, with the um, the kind of conspiratorial murmurings about what what actually happened on those on that staircase that night to, to Dan Andrews to, to to deliver him that awful I'm hoping when,
0: I'm going to make this suggestion to Mojo News that they have a some ste- slippery steps in the studio. <laughs>
1: Oh right. So like 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 Channel Nine does. Or, or is it they, is it seven or nine where they have like really ornate um graphics that like
0: they had the yeah, like you said, they had the um had, the the heel that kicked off candidates. Yeah they had one their year. Julie Bishop's
1: glittering shoe which kicked off candidates and in twenty nineteen and then this in twenty two. The,
0: the federal election it was a ukulele
1: And a yeah and a travelator. A travelator. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm just saying if if candidates <laughs> had to run the steps gauntlet. <laughs>
1: Look, it might be considered slightly poor taste, but but I'm all for it. Um, (laughs) Let's not put them in that position. Guys,
0: I'm available to discuss election broadcast um, uh, approaches.
1: But uh, just just to quickly draw a line (laughs) under that before we get into your your graphic design ideas for for their coverage. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, the thing is, what really struck me, and the one where it really, really stood out. So there was obviously... um, Front page coverage on the Herald Sun about like the stairs that apparently took down Daniel Andrews. But who and knows? Anyone
0: over 35 looks at those stairs and goes, yes, that would, highly that would plausible. put
1: an end to me. Highly plausible.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, that wasn't the first time that this had been brought into the public arena. I mean, it, it had been kind of a, a, a bubbling kind of story in a lot of kind of generally quite far right kind of social media platforms that, that there was something going on that we weren't being told but the person that actually brought it to light in terms of the mainstream media was uh louis staley who is the was the is, is the former shadow treasurer who is uh fighting for the seat of Ripon, um sort of ararat north, north of north of mm. melbourne um, i went to a a candidate's forum that she was she was part of and and the the that that seat is is incredibly tight mm-hmm. it was held initially um, by 15 seats in the last election, and and, a co- and thanks to redistribution, it's actually you know, nominally a Labour seat. Now I think that's based on downslide numbers, which I don't think anyone's expecting this mm. time out. But no. it's still going to be a very tight seat, and they have got quite a strong Labour candidate in that area too. She didn't bring that up once. She she actually was, I, I think, a genuinely good performer, and and it's very interesting. And I thought so. The thing I always assume It's deflection.
0: It's making the media fight... It's making the whole media focus on Dan as opposed to any media focus yeah, on, and maybe on can, the Liberals.
1: Yeah, and maybe it is that and maybe it's easier. But, like, as I say, I was sort of half expecting her to, you know... Go hard. Go hard or, like, show us... You know, footage of Dan Andrews and be like, "There's where his lizard mask slips," or whatever. <laughs> she came across as a you know, as a kind of like, "I'm a hard fighter for this area," and, and she was across the policies. She was she came across as perfectly sensible. But that's um, the
0: difference between the local, the state exactly. and federal election. And you have to represent local issues, I, and that is the thing: is that it's like, well, if you're not,
1: if if that that press conference and that's, that 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 um, media statement calling all these kind of um conspiratorial thoughts into the into the mainstream wasn't for your constituents, then who the hell was it for? No, and then that kind of – and that
0: extends out yeah. to a lot
1: of the coverage where it's yeah. like, who are we even pitching to here now? Who are we well, trying to appeal to?
0: I mean, the Herald Sun this week has – we did talk about also the steps a couple of weeks ago, but this week there's additional – you know, um, it, it's the 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 gloves are completely off. The mask is off. Whatever the saying is, you gloves know, gloves and masks. They're, they're, they're throwing masks. away all their they're digging in the dirt <laughs> and literally throwing it at that front page headlines. You know, like senior federal minister <laughs> makes shock accusation about Dan Andrews, and it's the senior federal minister is none other than Peter Dutton
1: leader of the leader <laughs> of the liberal party and
0: it's um you know there there's no i mean and obviously we've also got the um the age doing a lot of both sides as well and what i'm finding with all of this is obviously you know the herald sun are inc- incredibly biased and they they've never pre- pretended you know to be a neutral pa- paper when it comes to sort of you know, big party politics. But at the same time, what I'm finding really um, discombobulating of it is nowhere is there – I'm so confused about what the outcome of this election will be because Mm. it feels like absolutely no uh, mainstream news (laughs) organisation is being straight up about any sort of reality when it comes to <laughs> who might win,
1: you know. Yeah, it has to be. has to be. The narrative has to be preserved that this this will be a very close election, and, and who knows? It may, it may end up being. Just, oh, I've got um, no idea. Yeah. But right. well, let's let's talk to our, our guests about yes, this. Yes,
0: I am really interested to hear from um, Mojo News who, and also who are, who are journalism students from Monash University about whether they think also um, any issues that are relevant to them yeah, have been yeah, properly yeah. represented in this campaign. RRR. So we have been talking about the election and normally I love a good election broadcast but after a tepid campaign in Victoria, I'm sure I'm not the only one feeling very meh about this Saturday's coverage. Not even Anthony Green can save this shit show. <laughs> so it was with great excitement that Twitter fed us an alternative uh, on coming up on Saturday night on Channel 31 from Mojo News, which was news to me a media organisation run by Monash University journalism students. To tell us more, welcome to the studio, uh, Katerina Kostikos and Jonathan Hawes, senior producer and reporter, respectively. Welcome yes. to Spin Cycle on Triple R. Thank you so
2: Thank you. much. Yeah, it's Thanks. great to be
0: here. Yeah. yeah, so give us a little background on Mojo News. Yeah,
2: well, as you... Um, mentioned we are a student-run media organisation, so we give students the opportunity to, um, you know, produce radio, TV, uh, write print articles uh, for our website, and it's just a really good opportunity for students to get that experience, pop it on their portfolio, and hopefully get jobs. Get a gig. <laughs> yes.
0: And um, in terms of producing radio and TV, where do those broadcasts go live?
2: Um We – they go live on our website predominantly um, in terms of radio and we have a YouTube channel where we pop all our packages up, um, our TV stuff and docos that we do as well. But as you mentioned with this state election, um, we do – broadcast stuff on our on channel 31 we also have the struggle which is our satirical tv show which okay. is amazing and jonathan has been a wonderful uh <laughs> oh, correspondent yeah. on uh that show which we what um, a great title yeah yeah <laughs> we pop that on channel 31 as That's well
3: a really fun project to be a part of um it was originally started uh about four maybe five years ago now um uh, and the the tagline was a a new show by unemployed millennials with too much time on their hands. Perfect. So, what could yeah. go wrong? Yeah. Sets the theme of the whole show. Uh, can check us out on YouTube. You'd probably have to search. We don't. We're not very big. So if you search the struggle, the mojo, SEO has a
0: quite. Heard.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. No. Exactly. <laughs> Waiting for for blessings from the almighty algorithm. Yes.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: So, Jonathan, I understand that you 're going to be doing live crosses from the from matthew guy 's events on yes if they YouTube. let us in yes
2: wow. <laughs> well, this is the question
1: I was going to ask you is that i mean from from my days as a as student journalist that, that was always the the big challenge was. Mm-hmm. You're obviously very easily ignorable in some ways, because I mean, and I, I, I don't say that at all as a denigration, um, but it is it is something that you kind of have to deal with. How have you guys been navigating that, I suppose, in terms of trying to do the most comprehensive election campaign that you can do?
3: Oh, well, I would say a, a big source of help is is our uh, is our staff. Um At the university, the the journalism lecturers and professors have a lot of connections in the media industry and they are invaluable in getting us into places and introducing us to the right people at the right time. Uh, I remember during the federal election, I covered Monique Ryan's uh, election party, and someone working at Monash happened to know her communications person, like the head of her communications, and so I was able to talk to him and managed to get interviews with both the candidate Monique Ryan and uh, Simon Holmes a Court. Right, and that was that was like the Brilliant. most incredible night of my <laughs> young journalism career.
0: <laughs> What is planned for Saturday's broadcast?
2: Yeah, well, we've got something similar to our federal election coverage that we did on Channel 31 as well. Um, So we're going to be sending a few people out to some election parties. Uh, Which parties? Well, hopefully, yeah, Dan Andrews, Matt Guy, um, Samantha Ratnam, and we are trying to get into David Southwick or Nomi Coltman just because... We're in the electric core field, and it's a tight seat. Right, so, right. may as well try and get in there. Right. Um, and Anyone listening who can help, please help. Help the students. <laughs> that would be great. Um, so yeah, like we've got the, we've got life crosses. We're trying to do a typical coverage mm-hmm. um, like you would see on the ABC or Channel Nine or whatever, but with that young youth focus, um, mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to do different with it. So we've got a lot of pre-recorded stuff as well. So a lot of cool um, stories that we're sharing on the night too. Focusing on a lot
3: of issues that are specific to a younger audience as well, since we're a university production.
0: So do you, how, how do you feel this election coverage has um, treated young voters in terms of um, giving airtime to issues specific to young voters in and across Victoria. And I'm thinking, um, you know, obviously climate change is a big one, which hasn't really figured in any of the mainstream coverage, but also cost of living rental crisis. A lot of, there are a lot of real big media issues that are very relevant to students. What has been your perception of the coverage of those issues?
3: Pretty lacking I would mm. say yeah I think it's a it's a sort of compounding issue where the the politicians themselves don't really see uh, young people as a reliable voter base, so they don 't usually speak on those issues and then the media uh, as well doesn't usually see young people as a, a, a market or a marketable audience, so a lot of the time younger issues that affect younger people sort of uh, get less coverage or less focus than we think they should. And that's essentially the, the hole in the market that we're here to fill.
2: Mm. Oh, sorry, yeah. I was going to just add to that in terms of how young people are voting as well is so different to, I don't know, even 10 years ago where I think some people still think that, oh, young people just vote what their parents vote. I don't think that's the same anymore because of social media and mm. how much... Um, Yeah, that has to play in terms of campaigning. So, yeah, I think there's a change there. Yeah.
1: And I suppose that the the, the kind of follow-on question from that is, uh, following on from your kind of like experience of of, of election coverage as consumers of of news, um, how does this make you feel about someone who is about to enter that as as a potential, you know, the industry that you're about to enter or that you're kind of aiming to enter?
2: Mm, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, by the way, now yeah. you
3: have to say anything that would then cost you a job.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit
2: risky,
3: isn't it? No, I can speak from my personal <laughs> yeah. experience because I'm, I'm just about to graduate next month, actually. So oh, congratulations. I'm look- Thank you so much. <laughs> so I'm looking at jobs. I'm ready to hit the ground running. I'm ready to shake things up. because uh, I'd love to hear that. There's so many new ways of presenting and so many ways of producing news now. I mean, mm. TikTok's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, podcasts. A, yeah, mm. podcasts. A lot of people get their news from Facebook these days. And I really...
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Use inverted (laughs) commas.
3: Absolutely. And that's sort of what I want to change. That's why I'm passionate about entering this industry and hitting the ground running, because I really do think that the, the quality needs to improve on these platforms, because it's so rife with misinformation, and it's so easy to spread lies on the Internet.
0: And I don't want you to speak ill of the people who are about to give you your graduating assessment and marks. But <laughs> <laughs> well <when you're laughs> like Putting them to a corner now. <laughs> but um, I'm interested to understand because I, I think um there is an interesting history of Mojo News, isn't there, that um it is now fully student run is that right whereas it used to not be necessarily and i'm interested to understand what your thoughts are and for me the news landscape is changing so fast um and it's changing you know there's so many ebbs and flows in terms of what is what is a credible news source how people consume news i mean it's there are there are opportunities uh boundless really but also it's very easy to kind of get swallowed into the maelstrom it must be hard I think to teach it at an academic level at the moment in the sense that there are so many shifting sands how How have you felt um, you know your your degree or has has been has changed with the times or you know what has stood out to you in terms of what you've learned in in journalism over the last few years?
2: I will say that mojo um, it is run by just, yeah, a couple of staff members. So it is still, yeah, quite student-led. And that mm. says a lot about how students want to receive news and how we want to give news. Yeah, um, So that's definitely something. But I do understand and, and I would agree that with the degree, it's so hands-on. So yeah. it is about getting those internships and those connections. Mm. Um, but... At the same time, as Jonathan said, you want to shake it up, you want to do something innovative, and that can be a bit difficult when you're in a structured degree.
3: Mm -hmm. I mean, to the the lecturer's credit, they do try to update things. And uh, the only reason I'm so excited about news on social media is because I had an entire course uh, dedicated to it, digital journalism, exploring new ways of uh, presenting stories online. Um, But, yeah, it is very... um, in, in academic journalism, it is very much about taking the old and putting it into the new mm. rather than fully embracing the new. So mm. it's all about finding those journalistic values or, or news values that have guided journalism from before the time there was internet and then applying them to a time that we live in now Mm -hmm. with the internet, whereas I feel like there could be more, there could be more to explore about uh, what, what journalism means, or what the internet means for journalism, because I feel with the, the digitization of news, it's, it's become a lot more democratized, it's sort of like broken down barriers to entry, so normal people now get to directly interact or talk to their news broadcasters there's no more like it's not uh and and yeah it's it's not a a a one-to-many model of news anymore it's a many-to-many anyone has a
0: soapbox now yeah which uh, some people struggle with speaking of which we have had someone text in there is a place to vote with covid in melton so there you go. <laughs> Speaking Me? of a two-way interaction.
3: Exactly.
0: That's amazing that you say that and I I love the fact that you're embracing that democratisation of news because often that's sold to us as a bad thing in terms of
1: decay of society which which in some ways it does represent yeah and a
0: decay of truthfulness Mm -hmm. and integrity in the news and a lack of bias and you know all of these things which traditional journalism apparently holds dear but it is hard to to really onboard that when a lot of the traditional news organisations are the ones who are behaving Mm -hmm. (laughs) not impeccably, Mm -hmm. shall we say. Exactly. (laughs) I'm interested to know, when you said your um, Saturday nights broadcast is going to follow a sort of relatively traditional election broadcast model, there's a huge amount of resources and expense that goes into a traditional yeah, good question. <laughs> elect- <not> <laughs> election broadcast yeah. model. I mean, Anthony Green's salary aside, <laughs> do you have an Anthony Green?
2: We have the beautiful uh, Dr. Zare Gazarin from Monash. Uni. Love it. So he is our political scientist for the night and he good. is you know, taking the time to be with us, um, Brilliant. Amazing. volunteering well his time. So, yeah, obviously it is student run. We don't have that much funding, but we are doing what we can we have beautiful facilities so it's quite good to and what about that because
0: something that you know election coverage has really loved is the graphics
2: and yeah. the screens wow. and the, you know <laughs>
0: what are you doing from a technology point of view mm.
2: we do have a graphics team who will be whipping things up throughout the night um that was something that i really wanted to push like a ticker you know at least yeah. so when you turn on channel 31 you know who's winning and who's not uh but that is sometimes a little bit difficult
1: mm. Is that, um, would that be from a different area of the university that's doing that, or is that still within journalism?
2: It's still within journalism. It's through our tech team um, right, right. that are part of the faculty. Right. So they support us uh, with all of that, which is really good. Um, and
3: with some student volunteers as well. We got to yeah. give some credit to oh, shout, shout outs to, to Rebecca and Lola who yeah. come in on that night and do a lot of. Uh, adobe work and photoshop and things that i don't know how to do yeah. so i'm really impressed every
2: time they do yeah, it.
0: yeah absolutely so today you had a dress rehearsal how did it go
2: it went well it, went it was well. one of those sessions where it's like okay what do we need to do what is left we have 48 hours what do we need a film what do we need to read what do we need to sub like all of that, so it was one of those moments. It definitely wasn't a proper run through, which yeah. we were hoping it would be. <laughs> no, I <bet laughs> but I think everyone's feeling a bit more prepared, uh, and it. And we had the luxury of having the federal election for Channel 31 as well, so mm. we learned right. a lot from that coverage, which was wonderful. So we've learned a lot and taken that on board. Yeah, so essentially, today was just getting a lot of chaos out.
3: Yeah, <laughs> so that yeah. Is, yeah. getting it so out of the yeah. system. Yeah. Exactly. So Absolutely. nothing goes wrong on yeah. the actual night for sure.
1: And do you guys have a, a sense of, of what you think is going to happen on Saturday? Can we can we get you to play pundit and, and say
3: I you know I'll stake my reputation
1: on this. outcome?
3: <laughs> I mean, gosh. this is this is exactly what I do all the time. I'm very interested, very into politics. So, uh, my prediction is is that Labour is going to lose some seats, but still win outright a fairly comfortable majority.
0: Just yeah, say. I think that's a fairly um, solid prediction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We've really um, enjoyed the chat and I can't wait to watch um, Channel 31 on Saturday night. night. Slightly disappointed that there isn't going to be like a slime bucket.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there will. Maybe there'll be a bit of a surprise. You're giving Um, me ideas to take some
3: things to that guy's (laughs) election party.
0: Actually, before we go, yeah. when you, what's your strategy, Jonathan, there, obviously you're not, you know, there'll, there will be a lot of media at that party and mm-hmm. a lot of people probably unwilling to talk to the media, depending on the result. How do you approach something like that, you know, from representing a student organization and, you know, I think there'll be a lot of well-oiled machines in that room who know how to get people's attention. What's your strategy with, with that?
3: For me, this might sound a bit naive, but it's it's attitude. I'm going to go in there with the mentality of I'm going to talk to people, I'm going to make them talk to me, I'm <laughs> going to be insistent, but also very friendly, very cordial. I will make them like me. This is why we
2: sent him to Matt Guy. When we were thinking of who we were going to send, we were like, Jonathan has to go. He's going to get what he needs and wants. Yeah.
0: I am so watching Channel <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <no>. Yeah, um, <laughs> We've been talking to... Katarina Kostikos and Jonathan Hawes, who are from uh, Monash University's Mojo News and who will be running election night coverage on Saturday on Channel 31. Do not miss it. Thank you so much for joining Thanks us so much, on guys. Spin Cycle tonight, Thank you. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! Ah,
1: that's right. Triple R.
0: I am so glad we had that chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Has, um... We need to have more of those journal- – the future of journalism is in good hands conversations. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. You no, I mean, uh, yes, it's so nice to talk about something genuinely positive <laughs> and yeah. actually kind of genuinely feel better after.
0: <laughs> and also to have, you know, uh, just a, to hear a very um, – a real enthusiastic sense of inquiry and yeah, yeah. of, of um, exploration still out there with um, – within the current kind of media landscape because it is often sold to us. And, you know, in fact, there was just a report that came out this week about um, the lack of diversity in the media landscape. Yes, you know, yes. we often see the problems and it's hard not to see the problems when they are writ large in <laughs> well, front of they, your uh, face.
1: Literally front-page news. But, yeah. Um...
0: But, and, you know, sometimes I look at that, though, and I just see, you know, when you talk to the next generation of um, reporters coming through, you just think it can't hold up, like the structures in place, you know, at somewhere like the Herald Sun where we, you know, we are talking about their complete um, sort of willful disregard for even surely readers- their readership or what people are thinking and feeling and just this, this sort of um, desire to just project, um, you know, what yeah. they want, an outcome that they want, like surely that's... That sort of that that stru- those structures can't stand up for much longer, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be really interesting. I mean, we we
1: talked about this before before the show about how the the the, the News Corp um, campaign leading up to the federal election very palpably had no impact at all. Yeah, and
0: which which made me sort of think, oh, maybe they'll change their tuner. Yes And then They they
1: decided actually What it was Is that we (laughs) were Too restrained (laughs) During the federal election And um, You know We need to get some real Like we, we, we need to Not allege things But sort of just hint at them On the front page Yeah so it'll be It'll be really interesting to see I mean
0: whether it has any influence.
1: Whether it has any influence uh, come Saturday night. I um, do.
0: There is still this undercurrent. I, I do agree with um, Jonathan's assessment of the outcome, but there is this undercurrent of you know um, th- the Cookers are still hanging on in town every weekend. Mm. You know, we saw that terrible look, Catherine Cumming, who is, and we know about her in the West. Yes, um,
1: yes. Uh, she's her her offices are very near my house.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um and, you know, the sort of stuff that she was saying on yeah. the steps of Flinders Street Station, you know, about reducing Daniel Andrews to... A, a red mist. A red mist, all of that sort of stuff. It, you know, I just... There's a part of my brain that's like, how influential is that stuff? Like, yeah, those people yeah. have been gathering every weekend for year, you know, like over a year. Over a year, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, and obviously the the, the, the the lockdowns and COVID and, and all that stuff did obviously, hype, you know, put that into hyperdrive a little bit. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. And the w-
0: fact that it's also, being fed by yeah, news yeah. organisations. But there isn't
1: really. I mean, I think there's no um, – the, the real fear for that was the, the federal election because you had – uh, a figure like Clive Palmer spending a hundred yeah, million dollars, yeah, uh, kind and it of still didn't work. Pumping that into the mainstream, and and it, and he he barely got one senator elected in in Victoria. Yeah,
0: true. We've
1: not heard a peep from him in this election, no. and I don't think there's any equivalent party that that could that had the resources to muster a kind of widespread populist. No, uh, there's, but we'll, you know. there's
0: the vote. Um, what's his name, Glenn? Glenn Jury, yes, yeah, yeah. There's Um, his little. So that could potentially get a few uh,
1: odd cats (laughs) into the upper house. (laughs) um, Without, but that wouldn't take. That wouldn't necessarily represent a big public shift. That could just be. know what good use of the of the electoral system as it stands in this in this state
0: i'd have to say voting below the line uh (laughs) was a challenge was fun it was fun and great and everyone should do it (laughs) it, it, there is there is really something traumatizing about that because you get to about 15 (laughs) (laughs) and there's still more blank boxes on your ballot page (laughs) than than you've filled out and the options are yeah it gets to Absolutely happening
1: uh, I mean, that is the thing. Is that is that? Yeah, the, that's always that thing. It's uh, like,
0: how can you order this shit?
1: Like, yeah, yeah. It's so and you bad. know, with with like you know, uh, being like you do the kind of I'm a political journalist. I'm going to do this the proper way. I'm going to do the way that I would advocate for people to do. And then you get about yeah thirty into your incredible like tablecloth uh, of the, the I, and you go oh thirty dear is Lord. even impossible. Um, yeah. Like the,
0: once you've got to fifteen, it's like the it's rest like, is yeah yeah. Oh, uh, it's the it's sewerage. Anyway, a couple of um editors have made it into the big time big time editors have made it into the news this week for behaving badly. The mm. Australians editor Chris Dohr lost his job um after attending a News Corp event in California. Uh he sort of disappeared without anyone knowing what had happened after this trip. Um this sort of big News Corp event where a lot of people editors came from around the world and it's just slowly kind of dripped out that he, um, um, I don't know what the word is, made a scene, but also...
1: Did, M- made lewd comments, made, I believe was the... Uh, yeah,
0: uh, was what the does phrase. that even mean? Made lewd comments towards a woman. Feels like there's a lot more to come out of that story and the interesting thing mm. is the way that they've handled it, there is... People, there is. There are so. There are more questions than. Oh yeah, answers. I mean, his
1: his 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 uh, departure was announced in a very note, notably curt way that didn't really talk very much about. You know, it wasn't a glowing. We thank him so much for his service. It was. He has been in these papers for this amount of time, and now he no longer works for us. So there was always a little bit of a raised eyebrow. Um, and and with all of these things, of course, there are. There are yeah.
0: Well, it, it was all it was that, but also even internally at The Australian, no one kind of really knew what was happening. Mm, mm. It, he said he was leaving for health reasons. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. it came out and it's all just a bit disjointed. On the flip side, Crikey's Peter Frey, yes. editor at Crikey, uh, full disclosure, Charlie, that's where you work, <laughs> uh, heckled... <laughs>
1: But yeah, lo- for for, for long time <laughs> listeners, I'm sorry if this is, comes as a shock that I work at Craigie.
0: <laughs> heckled the Gold Walkley winners during mm-hmm. their expectant acceptance speech at Thursday night's um, journalism awards. Um, look, people could have varying opinions about that. I, I immediately it made me feel a little bit like it just. I had to laugh because it was very Kanye Beyonce Taylor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah look Tell I mean I, like I, I find like I didn't think when I started the show I would have to talk about my own workplace as much as I've ended up having to over the last year <laughs> you and really I really had to run the clock. and I didn't think I'd have to say the phrase there's not there's, there's limits to how much I can say but anyway um yeah so look uh <laughs> I guess I can't really add very much to what we've already made. What we've already kind of publicly said is that, is that Peter is on um, indefinite leave uh, for the foreseeable future uh, after he behaved that way at the, at the Walkleys. Um, I think we all agree it was it was it was inappropriate. We we uh, we're very very protective of our journalists and we're very very proud of the work that we do. Um, that doesn't make. Heckling goal.
0: So he heckled the ABC um, because he felt like that that Crikey had actually broken the story. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Amber,
1: uh, 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 my colleague Amber, had had, uh, done a a really wonderful groundbreaking series, uh, probably about roughly six months before. Monash
0: Allen. Yes, yes, yes,
1: indeed. Um, About the guardianship laws and the the way that kind of process works out. Uh, She had done that for us. A, a, a little time before the, um, the, the, the the story that ended up winning the Gold Walkley. Um, that does not at all take away from uh, the incredible work that the ABC did and how incredibly deserving they were. It, what, very it, doesn't, well, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make what, what, um, what Peter did uh, acceptable. And, uh, yeah, that's probably about as much as I'm Fair enough. keen to talk about at this it's point. It's a
0: bold move in my book to piss off Lachlan Murdoch And then have a crack at the ABC. Uh, So we will leave it there. Peter Frey, however, did um, very quickly make a public statement uh, and apologised for his actions um, and apologised directly to the ABC uh, and the very deserved winners of the Gold Walkley uh, and he made a, a, a public social media statement as well, which is quite a different take. At least um, it it was all very transparent, which has not happened um, I th- with Chris Storr at the Australian. So I have a feeling that um, that that um, story has kind of finished its cycle. Whereas there's probably more to come from the Australian because transparency is best in I, these I situations. Have, uh, you,
1: you are you are asking me to comment on the company that's <laughs> us and my own employer, and I have no comment on either of those things.
0: <laughs> uh, this is fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, Charlie. I will will end that uh, awkward conversation for you. In the last few minutes, uh, what else have we got to talk about? Oh, there has been – we were talking uh, off air with these guys about an escalation in – rhetoric and then outcomes for that rhetoric and we saw it in the most obscene sort of circumstances in the states this week with another it's just so it's so sad and horrifying but another mass shooting uh, at um Q nightclub in Colorado um and uh the the conservative anti-trans rhetoric didn't stop for a minute in the states um after that which is just slightly terrifying um when you when you look at the sort of lack of accountability and consequences for 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 rhetoric really for those sort of public comments in media reporting
1: yeah no it is it is utterly horrifying and you don't you don't want to be
0: um it's uh, the, the,
1: as you say. The the, the, the they're, they're almost certainly. I mean, what what consequence could there be that would make any of this right? Uh, mm. For one thing, and I think you know you see you see what happened, for example, with someone like Alex Jones, who uh, spent a decade yep. slandering as a commercial decision the parents who've already of, of children who were murdered. Mm. Um, that's essentially what his job was. And of course, now we are seeing him dragged through the courts, and it is a, a huge dose of Schadenfreude to see him now rack up hundreds and millions of dollars in costs towards the families. Not that that can ever, you know, there there is no there is no squaring that. Mm. Um, the, 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 but it takes a level of commitment to that kind of horror that Alex Jones displayed to see any kind of um, any kind of consequence. Yeah, the, 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 the casual stuff, the, the stuff that the out the side of the mouth stuff that you see with with talks about these issues, there there, there is no legal recourse, I don't think, for, for
0: that. Well, in a similar vein, there's that um, terrible um, libs of Twitter, which has been demonstra- demonstrably financially gaining f- in a similar capacity, mm. you know, from all of this um, increasingly violent rhetoric. Against the LGBTIQ community in in the US, and it's just you know it's just abhorrent. And when you look at what's happening with Twitter, it's pretty pretty depressing. Mm. On a you know very very much complete. Obviously, they're not even remotely similar. But interestingly, this week there've been two examples where you know there has been a bleeding of rhetoric into an escalation of kind of real world yeah, action. Yeah. Um, your mate. Yeah, no. I, I was, <laughs> Friendly I, I, Geordies. <laughs> I say that because... He did have a crack at you once, didn't he? He did. Well, we've we've we,
1: we, we, we've we've traded uh, cracks. Uh, yeah, no. I think. Look, I mean, like it's <sighs>
0: it's a it's the worst person possible to come a martyr. But however, oh yeah, look, you, I do not have to. You can't. You can't. I mean, his, ha- house, was his house was firebombed, which firebombed. is exactly, outrageous. Yeah. Uh, no, exactly. I, I,
1: no, I think you know he and I are on record as not guessing along. Um, but it's a bit like when when um, one of his uh, co-workers was was uh, targeted by the fixated persons unit in a way that looked like that was almost inarguably a horrible uh, overuse of power by the state. This obviously – we don't know who did this and no one's taken responsibility for it yet as far as I'm aware. Uh, but there's – yes, firebombing someone's house is obviously a very hard act to misinterpret. And so I don't have to you know uh, be his biggest fan in the world to say that's no. a very bad thing and a very chilling thing to have happen.
0: And then Louise Mill- Milligan as well um- – We talked uh, a couple of weeks ago when Rachel was in in the studio, we talked about the... you know, the Australian, Janet Orbertson, the continued attacks Mm -hmm. on, you know, really um, honing in on female journalists in this country. Janet Orbertson wrote a column about Louise Milligan and then it just, um, you know, there there was a subsequent, multiple subsequent attacks on her within the Australian newspaper. She posted... Um, a pretty horrendous kind of um, letter, which was, or a, a printout, which was made of of her face, with some awful, awful stuff. Can you
1: um, are you across the details of that? Was that who was that sent? That was sent to her, and that was sent to MPs. Was it? I've I, I slightly missed. It was this, sent this to uh, federal
0: parliamentarians.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and it was uh, a printout of the photo that was used in that um, column with a whole lot of stuff about, um, you know, it, I don't know, it's really weird. It's 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 attempting to be a book cover mm. and mm. it's um, a how-to book for woke young girls by acclaimed ABC journalist Louise Milligan and then just a whole lot of really horrible, slanderous stuff. Mm. And it's just like someone's actually made the effort to – to create this, print it out, send it to all these mm. parliamentarians. It's, you know, at what point do the media organisations who love um, creating these targeted campaigns against people, at what point does, does it stop, does, you know? Like? Yeah.
1: yeah, do they think about the, the consequences of what that action will be, yeah. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us every week on your favourite podcast platform.
0: And you can follow us on Twitter at Nad Samble at Lilyjuice
1: and at the Shuffle Diary.
0: You can also listen in at rrr.org.au via on demand for the radio version of the show. Want to support Spin Cycle? Become a Triple R subscriber. Your subscription helps keep the station running and helps Triple R produce and create great radio and podcast content like this.